Hello, welcome to Free Will, Science, and Religion. I'm Chandler Klebs. I'm here with George Ortega, WSD Time, and Mitch J. And Mitch J. Um, has some information, uh, a list of other people who reject free will and people who aren't ne aren't necessarily part of our podcast and all that, but that there are lots of people who have who have come to understand that free will is an illusion. And so I'm going to turn over to Mitch, and he can go through some of these people with us. Yes. Uh, thank you, Chandler. Um, when it comes to the issue of free will, it's been lost in academia for quite some time. So this, the issue of free will has been a much philosophical debate for a very, very long time. But as we know, there are many bad beliefs, false beliefs, erroneous beliefs that people have, even modern people, perhaps especially modern people. And although some people might expect the scientific community to openly come out and um, dispel these sorts of illusions, Realistically, that's just not the way the world works. So although the scientific community hasn't come out as a whole and made a, had a consensus opinion to sort of inform the public, like they have about evolution, for example, about, the, about how nonsensical this free will issue is, that doesn't mean that certain public intellectuals haven't figured out we're only ones. So I like to call the loose collective of, of free will skeptics that we're a part of as the No Free Will Network. That's how I sometimes uh, refer to us. But the network, there are others who are fully aware that free will is bogus. And they've delivered very sometimes compelling speeches on the topic. If you go to the website freewillisfalse.com, a website I manage, and you go to library links and media, or more free will science and religion podcast forums, you'll see a lot of videos, but there's about eight of them, each one with a different public intellectual who has given a speech about free will. So... I've categorized them into different groups. For example, many people know about the Cracked Channel. It's a very, it's a funny YouTube channel. And uh, they've actually refuted free will in a video in a very comedic way that's very approachable and talks about many popular movies like uh, Interstellar. So for some people, this might, this might be uh, what some people need to see in order to really motivate them, to really encourage them to say, this free will issue is important. It's not some topic that's just for academics. It's not an issue just for eccentric people to dwell upon. It's an important issue that we should all be very concerned with. Um, also on this page, there's Dirk Paraboom giving a very academic... He's a well-known hard incompatibilist in um, intellectual circles. He's well-known. But he might not be known to uh, the layman. Uh, we have Sam Harris, a really popular author and neuroscientist. B.F. Skinner, a behavioral psychologist. Jerry Coyne, a biologist. Jack Fresco, 
who is the uh, the founder of the Venus Project, this project that's working towards the issue of transhumanism, this idea mm -hmm. of making people better people. You know, not being afraid to use technology and science to help us uh, not squander our resources and develop these more idyllic sort of environments for us to live in. There's even one video by Daniel Doe, who's just a young uh, college student who is obviously greatly influenced by Sam Harris. Um, lastly, Greg Caruso. Um, Greg Caruso is a... So he's with Derek Paraboom. He's a philosopher. And he is, uh, along with Derek Paraboom and others, he's founded the Justice Without Retribution Network. So he's working very actively to change the criminal justice system, to make the world more empathetic, more compassionate, to rethink these laws that we have based on free will skepticism. In fact, some of us, including myself, have met Greg Caruso in person, and we've talked to him and exchanged ideas. So he delivers a lot of these lectures. Um, so yeah, have any of you guys, uh, any of the co-hosts I'm referring to right now, have any of you seen some of these videos, and what do you think of them? What do you think about these different approaches to talking about the issue of free will? Um, pretty much. I've, uh, go ahead, Chandler. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I've definitely seen a lot of videos. Uh, often, some of the videos that I would see on your, um, your Twitter feed um, or what you posted in the forums back when I looked at that, they would be videos that I had already seen before I even met you and George, and then I liked them and I had commented them. So it's interesting. So I know I've seen a good number of them, and it's I really am happy that there's so so many um, refutations of free will in video form out there. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm sure I'm familiar with them because I you know I've seen videos from these guys. Well, the thing that you want, what I love is that we have different people in different areas and they all understand uh, the logic behind why free will is bogus. Yet somehow they're able to take unique approaches to the issue. So for example, B.F. Skinner as a behavioral psychologist, a very famous behavioral psychologist, the things we do to affect behavior, drugs, Pavlovian experiments, things of that nature. Behavioral psychology is based upon this idea that we don't have free will when you think about it. And just from that point of view, he quickly and easily is able to demonstrate this free will thing is nonsense. Whereas Sam Harris, as you know, he focuses more on thoughts, the origins of thoughts. Jerry Coyne focuses on evidence. Jack Fresco focuses on determinism. Fresco, Fresco has said, um, human beings, uh, wait, well, hold on, let me, let me find the exact where I, I have it on the, free will is an arrogance on the part of man. The assumption that he is the only object in the world that does not react to certain stimuli. Mm -hmm. So it's a, it's a very, uh, uh, it's a way that we mention, we sort of um, implicitly express that. But it's interesting how we can be attacked on so many different avenues. So I think for the naive free will investigator, for any of our listeners who are first getting into it, again, freewillisfalse.com, if you go to the library links and media section, you'll be taken to the 
well, science and podcast, where you can find these uh, videos all organized and collected. Um, I think videos can be especially captivating. It was through videos, really, and articles and books, but a lot of it had to do with the dis- dissemination of information in the internet age. You know, I heard other people talk about it, and that opened my eyes. Did you guys have a similar uh, experience? Definitely. Yeah. About many issues, not just the free will issue, but other issues before that. The fact that there's YouTube and people can watch video after video on a topic they're interested in and hear different people expressing different ways of explaining things. I think that's powerful, you know, just binging on videos when you have the time. Yeah. With me, it just, when it came to the internet, with me, it just, it made me more open. It's like, before the internet, it was just, I was like, it made me a little bit more patient when it came to people, basically. I don't know if that's the right word to say it, but it just, it kind of um changed me in that way. Yeah, I think I know what you mean. It's hard to explain, but... Well, yeah, I mean, I think what helps about the internet is it allows people to communicate in a way that they can't do out in public because they'll get yelled at or killed, <laughs> you know? And so, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, so people get to know each other better. People get to say things without being interrupted, without being censored, and that's the power of it. And almost everything I learned about about people and their psychology came from the Internet. <laughs> so, George, what do you think? What do you think about – you said you've seen – all of these videos before. So, oh yeah, they're yeah, they're good. Absolutely, they they provide different perspectives. In other words, the the, the more people that are presenting on this, the better, because we're each going to have our our individual unique kind of way of presenting the material we present. So, absolutely, I mean, Harris, you know, uh, focuses to a certain extent on the neuroscience, you know, Paraboom on the, on the philosophy. You know, there's other people. There's, for example, um, what's his name? Um, Galen Strawson, a UK philosopher. He he published a book in '86 about this. And you know, there there are people that that have been publishing um, for decades before this that that are also very good. Unfortunately, they don't have. Go ahead. I would like to focus on videos, though. Do you know Do you know any interesting? uh, um, Any kinds of media that we could. that we could use to um, direct interested parties about the free will issue. Well, I mean, that that then, like, you know, plays into what we're going to do in terms of, like, creating the not-for-profit and then, like, offering products or just services. So, in other words, like, once we're up and running as a not-for-profit, I think one of our first projects would be, yeah, to create this app. I don't know if you were in on the, on the podcasts um, several months ago when we were just going through the process uh, I think you, 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 you did read them. Yeah. You know, basically leading people through um, the, to, to, to understand for themselves why they don't have a free will, you know, a question and answer kind of a thing. So I think an app, you know, that's I don't know right, right. how but, much. But very specifically, you know, for the purpose of this episode, I really want to focus on media. So like public intellectuals who have refuted free will and videos or perhaps even podcasts or just um, audio that could really attract someone like very quickly and instantly for example the skinner video 
that is part of that list of eight videos that I've mentioned uh, a few times um, on this podcast tonight. It's very short. It's a snippet of a video. And I think the, the entire running time is, let's see, it's a minute and three seconds. One minute, three seconds. In one minute, three seconds, Skinner is able to explain why um, Freebo um, for comparison hour and a half, but it's a compelling hour and a half. It's an entertaining <coughs> sort of hour and a half. Mitch, in terms yeah. of the videos, um, we kind of have a natural interest in this. Um, many people need to be pulled into this debate you know, through different kinds of issues. For example, like the the um, the network that Caris Caruso and Paraboom have created would be great by um, because they will like get people to understand that this this issue has implica huge implications to our criminal justice system. Um, basically, I think the kinds of videos that are now needed, because you know, all those certainly they they, they refute free will and from various perspectives in various ways, and they're all good. But in order to like expand the 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 reach of this to to many more people who aren't so necessarily perhaps interested in the philosophical aspects, we we I think need to more and more tie it to social issues. We were doing that for a while with like you know with fat sh shaming and people who are just like you know just basically um, discriminated against because of um, you know due to this free will thing, the bullying and all. So you know. Um, I hope I hope that either we or other people will begin to, to uh, create those videos also. But again, like you're saying, those um, the ones by the by the academics, they're, they're good. They they you know they go through the various kinds of um, you know um, various kinds of refutations, various kinds of issues um, relative to the question. Yeah, um, what I like about many videos that I've seen is that they cover that either determinism or indeterminism, both um, are equally incompatible with free will. And I think that's a very important point to make, um, you know, and those that do include both of them, um, that helps get rid of this idea that people can try to claim that there's randomness and that refutes free will. I still disagree that there's randomness, but I, I think getting rid of the free will uh, delusion is more important um, in a sense than that even. So it's always good when videos include that. Right. So George, I mean, you know, <laughs> I'll be remiss to not mention that, of course, um, uh, a few TV shows, one uh, that Nick Vale leads in uh, in Manhattan. Um, And uh, we have YouTube videos, right, of the White Plane session. So how can people find um, your YouTube videos, George? Well, I mean, just like um, if you just 
Google um, Free Will YouTube or just go on YouTube Free Will. Um, now that this is it's an interesting question because I, I kind of like so we need to um, the 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 strongest vehicle we have for promoting our stuff is causal causalconsciousness.com. You know that gets many many more visits than than probably all of our other sites combined. Um, the thing is, we need to update it because another, another, for for people for the site to get the kind of like viewers that that it, it would, and then the rough, you know, we need to update it. We we ideally we we, we might want to like redesign it, but that should be the portal for for a lot of the stuff because again, it's it's got uh, it's got a lot of reach. Um, it used to be within the the top fifty when you when you. Um, when you keyword free will, it used to go like what used to be one of the top 50 results. Now it might be top, top 150. I don't know. But, you know, in terms of like just the vehicle for getting people to to under to know where the, these things are, we don't like um, I don't know if your network is linked. I don't know if, if the retribution, um, you know, this this Caruso Paraboon thing is linked there. We you know. That that is a it's a it's a it's a major resource that that I think we should take advantage of, and maybe we can do that more like when we um, go to the not for profit. But it's it's a way to direct people, you know, because it, it has a lot of reach. It get it gets I think probably hundreds of visitors each day. So, to anyone who is uh, unclear about what George is referencing, he's talking about um, the website causal consciousness. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to include these links um, in the, the description of this podcast when it's eventually uploaded. So, And Chandler, like, so hopefully once we get the, uh, the not-for-profit running, maybe we can get somebody, um, hire a, a webmaster to just redesign it. You know, you, you, you administer it. You know, I, I turned it over to you. You own it now. So, but, you know, it can be really, you know, made slicker. You know, I, I design it, but I'm not a web designer. It, you know, if it's done by a real professional, then I think, you know, that could give just our whole, you know, organization much more clout. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, because, yeah, the, the point is, yeah, people, it's good for them to have links they can go to where they can just get all the information. And I think Mitch's site is, is great. Uh, free will is false, is false.com and causalconsciousness.com, which what George designed and includes links to like the TV show and all this stuff. Th those are great things. Um, you know, yeah. And there, and basically every, um, one of these, um, free will, um, skeptics or rejectionists or what, whatever, these people in these videos who have refuted free will, I mean, almost every one of them has a website. And on their website, there will be things about free will. But very few people um, have actually made entire websites about that. And that's exactly what Mitch and George have done, as well as Trick Slattery, his Breaking the Free Will Illusion uh, website. Um, I'll put I'll put that the link to that in the description as well for people um, so they can see all these websites. But yeah, I agree. Once that we have a have the nonprofit organization set up, there could be one website which has all the information that we already have on these different sites, all of the most relevant of it anyway. Right. And getting back to the main theme of this, 
Um, Mitch, you, you, you suggested that you, you know, you'd want to write a book about this. Now, here's like Paraboom, Caruso, all these guys, they write books, actually, like their books, you know, their books are primarily, not primarily, the books are for academics. They charge like $60, $80 for the book. It, they're, they're not designed for the, the public, unlike, well, for example, hold on, what, what? I mean, it depends on the book, like how very short and it's meant no, for Harris, the layman. No, no, right. I'm, I'm not including Harris in this, right? Because Harris, Harris got it right. But uh, for example, Dennett, you know, Freedom Evolves, um, The Elbow Room. These are two books, you know, defending free will written for the public, you know. So and, and the other thing that, that, that the academics, including Harris, don't do is, as a matter of fact, Harris got this completely wrong, is they don't deal with the psychological aspect of this in other words like the academics they will like they will you know paper after paper after paper you know um uh, video after video just you know presenting the logical argument whereas that's you know that's not our challenge we, we've tried that approach and our challenge now is to recognize that what's stopping people from getting the logic is they have these like ideological emotional barriers these kinds of like you know this you know there's a whole body of research um chris mooney wrote a book on this just it's called motivated reasoning and it basically describes how you know most people think that like you know we decide our political positions our religious positions whatever based on evidence and facts and logic no to a great extent we we um we believe what we believe based on factors on like, for example, did our parents believe it or do we need to believe it? I mean, these, these kinds of like emotional or just non-logical, um, you know, criteria. So Mitch, getting back to your books, like, you know, again, you could, you could write a book, you know, just refuting free will, just like, you know, mine and Nick's and, you know, Harris's whatever, but that wouldn't change the, um, the dynamic much, or the, you know, where we are. If you were to write a book focusing more on these these emotional the reasons why people don't or cannot accept this this free will belief, that's the stage we're at. And and the the academics are not are not there yet. You know they're still focused on like yes, if we we'll present more and more evidence, they'll get it. No, they 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 need to recognize the emotional component of this. Yeah. And, you know, a good point to recognize is that people can't even be free from their emotional biases, not to mention that they can't be free from causality or a causality. But just how biased and driven people are by their emotions that cause them to dismiss um, the facts is that's really scary. It shows that they're not they don't even have um, practical compatibilist type of control. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, we're dealing with that with everything. So, like, you know, that that's part of it. Um, but, but you know, that doesn't mean that they're, like, not amenable. For example, there, there must have been amazing, very powerful resistance to Darwin's evolution. You know, oh, my God, we descended from tree shrews, from amoeba. People didn't feel comfortable with that. So, like, you know, there was, like, it took time. I don't know how they did it. They probably didn't address the emotional thing. But we're a lot more sophisticated now in terms of understanding how people believe things again, like, you know, we could just like, you know, we could present more and more logic and people are, are going to just like say, no, no, it, it, it's not. So not because the logic isn't strong, but because they have this need to believe in free will. Yeah. 
And, and I think what's good, George, is that even though a lot of people do just reject the logic because they have an emotional need to believe in free will, there's always a few of those weirdos out there who do accept it based on logic, even though it is inconvenient. And obviously, we can't take credit for being driven more by truth and logic, but that I think that's what happens is when people do discover it, then a few of them become passionate about it and spread the message. And so I think eventually it will win out and people will get it. more. The, eventually the majority will. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yep. You know, Todd, I don't know if you were trying to say something, but just still cutting out. Yeah, I'm starting uh, to think that's my mic. I'm starting to think about mic because it keeps crackling up. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I wasn't able um, to hear everything Mitch was saying. However, um, I I'll be well, included. I, I didn't, Chandler. I didn't say anything. I just paused for a second. I started to talk, then I just did it. Oh, oh, that's that, awesome. uh, yeah. I, <laughs> oh. I wanted to respond to what George was saying about the emotional or psychological issues, those impediments that make it difficult for people to talk about this issue. Um, there are many beliefs that people have. Free will is just one of them. They're just false. They're really untrue. But for a number of reasons, it's very difficult for people to reject these beliefs. Um, I think religious belief is the most is the clearest example, but there's also the beliefs such as a belief in human exceptionalism or the belief that people will live forever because people are afraid to die. So I So I don't think that just be, be that I don't think that the the nature of the issue we're discussing will by itself assist people in getting over these these false beliefs. Instead, is we need people to have an appreciation for logic, for evidence, for science. I don't think yeah. science is really as respected as it should be. I think a lot of people see science as having one narrow do domain, and it's or allowed that, to do what. Hmm? Or that yeah, one kid that spoils the movie. Hmm. The one kid that spoils the movie, the party pooper. That's what science. Yeah, that's what science. Thinks, uh, some people believe science is that one kid that spoils the movie. Yeah, it's only after uh, a society becomes accustomed to some modern secular idea, only after people can as George was alluding to, cope with the emotional, psychological distress it may cause, only then do they allow, do they give some additional powers to science. This is why routinely the Catholic Church makes these declarations anytime a new pope comes in, um, where the Catholic Church then declares, okay, these things that we said were bad in the past, we now realize they're okay. It's sort of like they have to give time for the base to become comfortable with these new issues. Yeah. So, um, so, so in, th in this regard, free will is no different than these other pernicious beliefs 
that continue to persist, such as human exceptionalism and immortality and religion, all these kinds of things. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so, so I think that, that that we have, but these videos, these videos by these public intellectuals, I think they can help people. They can be very consoling because of how um, compelling and entertaining these videos are. They sort of empower people. You watch these videos, you watch the media, and you're entertained. You want to be part of this community that knows the truth. It's, it's, it's fulfilling, enlightenment. There's a reason enlightenment is called enlightenment. You know what I mean? The, the search for knowledge and the discovery of knowledge, that, that can be something that can outweigh these selfish desires. Or these myopic ideas about what reality is. What do, you, what do you guys think about that? Yeah, well, you know, I want to respond to what you said earlier. I mean, this it, this free will issue, it's not any different than those other issues where people want to believe a certain thing. Um, they need to believe a certain thing, but eventually they give way to the evidence. Um, I, yeah, in fact, I actually would think that it may, it may even be easier than some other things, if you know what I mean. Like, because um, by comparison, um, things like climate change um, might actually be more damaging to people's emotions. They don't want to think something so bad is happening. Um, so yeah, I actually think that all as people in general overcome their their illusions as they're presented with an appreciation for science. Um, yeah, I, I think it all works together. So free will is not alone in that. Yeah, that I was going to say something similar, um, Chandler. You know, um, teaching people logic is, you know, yeah, hopefully over the next de decades that happens. But, you know, for example, like, as important as the free will issue is, you know, in, in so many ways, the, you know, the biggest revolution in human thought and stuff, this climate change is an ex existential crisis, I mean, to our, to our entire civilization. And, and you know, I think, pro what, over 50% of, of people in the United States are in denial about it or, you know, very close to it. So, and... So, or yeah, believe we, it's a very way of God. Right, yeah, so like, you know, we, we can't, and, and the reason they're denying it, I mean, part of it is like self-interest. Part of it is like, you know, it's like they, part of it is like, you know, like, for example, the Republicans, they, they have their mindset has, um, you know, much more quote-unquote respect, which I think is like, you know, a, uh, another term for they're kind of like just brainwashed by their leaders, you know. And so, like, if their leaders tell them that it's not happening, they don't have, like, the, the independence of thought. To question their leaders, and so that they they come up with with you know, they they basically are, are not looking at the logic. Actually, I don't know at what what their quote unquote leaders are telling them. So we need to um, we need to address again the 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 the, the non rational reasons why people believe what they believe because that's that's you know that's where the answer is to to shifting their per perspective. You know, again, like you know. Working on the logic, sure, but that's going to take decades. That 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 means kind of like you know, you know. Apparently, our, our kids aren't you know being taught well enough. I don't think my generation was. I'm not sure this current generation is 
to separate emotion from from logic. You know, in, in math, everything's logical. In math, you don't allow emotions to um, to interfere with the answers or you know the, the problems. In humanities and psychology, philosophy, you know, it's not the case. We really need to address that. Exactly. And with, like I said, that's probably why I lost my job because I'm always questioning authority. I have no problem doing it, especially <laughs> when it's illogical. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I really, I think that the world generally has to improve as people are willing to question everything and 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 challenge certain things, even though it might be inconvenient. Because it does seem like, in general, people um, fall into certain uh, mindsets just because it's popular. Like, I really do think that it, it is sort of a culture thing, like that there really isn't a, an appreciation for science, that there's more people have a tendency to just, oh, believe whatever makes you feel best, which is the complete opposite in a way. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah I don't know what to say. <laughs> How long have we been on this particular episode? Um, about 35 minutes. Yeah, wow. I, I think we could end it now for this one. I think we've got... So uh, just to sum up, it seems like uh, at first we started by talking about the videos of some uh, public free will skeptics. And uh, we went on to say these videos can be very engaging, especially for that na naive uh, free will investigator, or I should say the new free will investigator, maybe, instead of naive. <laughs> I don't know why. I'm... The novice free will investigator. That's probably a better term. And then that developed into a conversation about what's the best way to get people interested. So these videos, I think, are very interesting. And once again, freewillist.com is where you can find them. Different, different free will skeptics taking different... Um, approaches to the issue but still coming to the same rational conclusion that is there is no free will but as george uh as george alluded to the real problem is getting over the emotional and psychological barriers that prevent people from dealing with truths that they may think are unpleasant people are much more interested in comforting lies than unpleasant truths but hopefully uh, we're hoping to change that does that sound good yeah mm-hmm so how about I end the episode now, guys? Sounds great. Absolutely. Sounds great. Yeah. You've been listening to Free Will Science and Religion, and we talked about videos by many skeptics, many people refuting free will, and we talked about a lot of other things too in general. Um, but we've said enough for now. Um, thank you for listening, and goodbye.